This episode of the podcast is brought to you by robbing a bank, but only taking those little pens attached to the chains. Do you believe in fate? No, seriously. Like everything is defined in advance, and we just follow that path? Yeah. And that you couldn't change a thing? We think we can, but it's an illusion. Unless we do something completely unpredictable and irrational. It's the only way to counter fate for good. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that had a romantic something with a hand, <laughs> with, with it, f- cousin it, yeah, <laughs> or thing. Uh, Which one is from it, thing? No, the no, the thing was like the hairy one, I think. I thought thing. Uh, maybe, was, maybe that was. Co- I, I think don't. Thing is the hairy. I one. didn't watch the Adams Family. What? I didn't. Oh. I could care less about the Adams Family. Family's okay. You like Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday was good. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Jenna Ortega. Oh, you said that. You like her? You think she's pretty? She's pretty. Okay. Uh, isn't she like 14? No, she's 20, I think. Or 21. <laughs> it's okay. like, it, it's on the cusp where it's like, I shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I incriminated myself. Anyways, we're here to talk about I Lost My Body. Uh, Netflix original. Um, so, apparently, it came out in like 2019. Yes. Um, I, I just, saw it. I recently just saw it like pop up on uh, Netflix, like mm. maybe last year. Um, so it's a French movie, so bear with me. I'm going to butcher everyone's name. Um, so it was directed by Jeremy Clappin. <laughs> Clappin. Listen, listen, I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it, but yeah. I don't think that's how you pronounce Clappin. it. <laughs> C-L-A-P-I-N. Yeah. Clappin. Yeah, okay. Clappin. 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 Um, the music, I think, needs some notoriety. Uh, Dan Dan Levy did the music for it. Um, you you really have like three. Not to be confused with Shit's Creek, Dan Levy. Yes, different. That's a different yes. Dan Levy. <laughs> <laughs> Two separate people. Um, I never watched that show. It's really good. Uh, you have three people really in this film that kind of yeah. matter. Um, really surprised to see Dev Patel is your main character of Nofell. Uh, you have all oh, right because you're doing the. English dubbed version. No, I did the French version. Oh, okay. I just assumed that Dev can speak fluent French. No. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, so I'm doing... <laughs> I don't have the notes for that, so I'm putting in that. Whatever. Uh, Victoria Dubois, who plays Gabrielle, and then you have Patrick... Go D- ahead, try it. Go for it. De Asumco? I don't know. <laughs> Playing Gigi. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then also I wanted to put in the, the animators of it are Armin Asa Depor, um, and then two on Bach. Not very good. Worse than like the Korean <laughs> ones. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I would say like pretty like handily well below when we do Korean films. <laughs> Listen, I have, I have like a decent like I have a tier list. It's like Korean and like Italian fine. French and German, nah, can't do it. <laughs> well, you you've also been like you you you've kind of like grown up with anime, so yeah. like you've heard all of these names and like you've kind of been around those names for a while. So that totally makes sense that that like you're more um, attuned yeah. to saying uh, Korean and just Japanese names and Asian names in general. But man, th- this was a this was a butchering art. Thank you for trying to justify <laughs> the fact that I took speech therapy as a kid. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, this story is a young man, orphan at a young age, falls in love while simultaneously there is a severed hand attempting to find its body. His hand. Yeah. 
That's, you don't. That's that's not like a like a surprise. <laughs> like, well, no, I mean you kind of assume that like right off the bat. But yes, it is his hand. Um, there, I mean, some people like might not have like caught the fact that it's his hand at first. I don't know. I feel like it's pretty easy to. I mean, I I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I, I I mean when I watched it for the first time back mm-hmm. in 2019, it wasn't like a surprise. I was like, okay, obviously, because I mean, because yeah. they you they always reference back to the um the little uh the like, mole on his the, hand, yeah, the mole on his hand. So it's like it's pretty clear that it's his hand. Yeah. Um. So sorry if that was a spoiler. I but know. I, oh. We're also reviewing the movie, so this entire yeah. episode is a spoiler. We asked you to watch <laughs> it with us. <laughs> yeah. So, so, like, so you might fuck already... you if you just didn't. <laughs> you should already know this. Yeah. Anyways, um, when I when I told you we were doing this, you weren't like super super like. No, see, I, that's it's funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking about that, and that's really not the case. the The yeah. fact of the matter was that you asked me what my thoughts were. And I'm not oh. gonna tell you my thoughts <laughs> when, until we until we do the episode. Yeah, you idiot. So like, oh, oh my. <laughs> so I was just like, I'm not gonna tell you. And then you're like, you hated it. Yeah. So you, would you like to know my thoughts? I would like I hate to know it. your. Th- no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I actually really like this movie. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I okay. saw this, I saw this movie a few years ago, and I liked it. And it was actually a movie that was on my list to do mm-hmm. a few years ago. Oh, okay. And I, for whatever reason, I just didn't do it, and I and I for, I completely forgot about it. Well, you had that spinal reconstruction surgery, so. right? And that just affects what movies I want to watch for yeah. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, <laughs> and. Uh, I just I did I completely forgot about it and I was just like I whatever and then you mentioned it and I was like oh yeah I have seen that that's when I was like the hand movie right and yeah. you were like yeah the hand movie I was like all right yeah I did enjoy that movie mm-hmm. um, this the first film like the first animated film ever to win um, the critics award over at Cannes Film Festival yeah which is pretty impressive mm-hmm. uh, I know that there's kind of been like a big sort of like probably in the last five or six years there's kind of been a, a kind of like a big push towards animated movies mm-hmm. to be taken more seriously um because it always is weird to me that animated films kind of fall in their own genre yeah and i don't think that they are their own genre like they they they're just animation but then they are genre you know they yeah. have they're, they're working within a genre but like to say it, it's always weird for me when they say like best animated film mm-hmm. because like that makes it feel like it can't be a best feature. It can't, yeah, right. It can't be like in the same category as everything everywhere all at once yeah. or what you know everything that happened this year. Like Guillermo del Toro won for Pinocchio, mm-hmm. and it could have been put up for it, like best ex- picture exactly. And like it always, it's always odd to me when animated movies don't kind of get the respect that they deserve, but. Uh, because I mean, listen. There's a lot of really, really great animated movies. Oh, absolutely! And everything we've done by Studio Ghibli so far. I don't love you, anime. You fucking love it now. I, I don't. Mm. Um, but yeah. So I don't know. It was just. It, 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 it's just like cool to see a movie like this kind of get. Like there was kind of like a renaissance around this movie. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people talking about it. Everybody was like, "Oh my god, you ha- you haven't seen it? You have to watch it." Um, so. It's cool that an animated movie like this is really kind of getting um, the recognition and for a debut, like a feature, you know, a debut yeah. film, because the guy who the director of this movie was doing short films beforehand, mm-hmm. um, you know, f- for it being a, a debut feature, I think it's a really strong um opening act yeah for like his it, career it's, it's got like a really cool story to it and that was like originally why too like i i watched like 
I got through like half of this film like previously, like a few weeks back. And I was like, I was looking through and I kept seeing like the trailer for it. And I was like, oh, like I'm looking for something that'll probably make me cry. Did this and, movie succeed? No, unfortunately <laughs> not. Um, I did recently watch The Whale, though, and that got like at least a tear out of me, which is pretty good. You saw me. The Whale. Yeah, nice. for me being like comfortably numb, that's pretty good to get like a tear out of me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I think I, it was just bad timing cause it's like, I watched the whale and the next day I watched this mm. all the way through and I was like, oh, didn't have the same impact. <laughs> um, yeah. but like, I do think like it is, it is a really good story. Like it, I, I really enjoy the fact that like the way that it splits it up between Newfell and the hand. Um, honestly, you don't like Newfell is pretty much the main like the hand doesn't really have that much screen time. It has like a third of the time. I, I guess, yeah, like one third, and the rest of it is really him. Yeah, and then the other third is like flashbacks to his life. Right, which is him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that that was kind of like the one kind of complaint that I had. Like, I, I kind of was like, I kind of wish that we were able to almost just stay with the hand entirely uh-huh. and still have that kind of like emotional payoff. But uh, granted, this movie, I, this film is based off of a book, mm-hmm. so like, they're kind of following what what was already there. Yeah. But I do sort of wonder what the film could have been if we only stayed with the hand. Because there was also a thing happening with this movie where they were originally trying to... Um, they were trying to do, like, voiceover for the hand. Like oh, the, really? the hand was going to speak, mm. essentially, and have, like, inner dialogue. Mm-hmm. And, like, that would have felt weird to me. Yeah, I wouldn't have liked that. I'm glad that. that they didn't do that. Like, if, if they tried to do, like... Like sign language, like maybe even that would maybe? be kind. Of, no. I mean, it's weird because like <laughs> you need both hands to do most like things for sign language. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah. So like, I'm glad they didn't go there, but I do kind of wonder where where the film could have gone. Even if it was just like a short film, even if yeah, because this movie is kind of pushing you know the feature length. Yeah, because uh, it's an hour and twenty one minutes. Yeah, so like we're we're kind of like right on the cusp there of it being a feature. Um, but I do, I do wonder what, where we could have gone if we primarily stayed with the hand and if they would have been able to, uh, make it as emotional as it is in this movie. Like, I'm wondering if they would have been able to accomplish that strictly by keeping it just with the hand. Yeah. I think like even too, like if we just did like a few more scenes with the hand, cause like, obviously like you need like the new like stuff to kind of get the point across that like one it is his hand and two that like it's it's his story yeah um but yeah like if we had like a few more things of like the hand just kind of like like trying to get back to his owner like i really like the scene where it's like he's standing up on top of the building and like he's he looks across and he sees like the igloo and it's like the guy that was like spray painting the walls and everything puts like i am here and it's like that stuff where it's like okay it's cool because like it's reinforcing the fact that like the hand is here Mm -hmm. but like I just wanted a little bit more of the hand. Yeah. It felt like like a majority of it was like a horror film for him. Um how so? What do you mean? Well, like pigeon murder. That was pretty graphic. <laughs> um the whole rat scene very much like that's a horror film. Mm-hmm. Um that's like automatically like look at these fucking disgusting little things these going New around. York City yeah. rats. <laughs> the, the city <laughs> rats. These garbage rats. <laughs> the fucking the dog shut the dog sized rats in New York City. Yeah. Um and then like, you know, on the pond, like with the ants and then like falling through. Like it all like these are scenes where it's like it's more of like that struggle, more of like it 
it has like a darker tone yeah. than what you got with Newfell. Yeah, I yeah, that's true. And like the thing that you the thing that I was kind of noticing about it on this um watch was how animalistic mm-hmm. the the hand is. Yeah. It doesn't move in a way that's like scary. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of I think that if if they animated it differently, they you could easily make the hand look kind of creepy when it's walking around. Yeah. But I think they strike a really good balance of not making it creepy. Yeah, it feels like a newborn child like learning to walk. Yeah, and like it do- it kind of has this sort of like animalistic thing with it where, you know, it's like like you were saying with the rats, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's a fight between animals essentially and yeah. like the the hand is essentially using whatever it can to get away from it, right? And that's sort of like what animals do, right? Yeah. It's just fight Tools. for survival. Um so I think that's that I think that was really cool for them to be able to accomplish a really good balance of it not being freaky but then also being like the the setting around it is is scary because it's like mm-hmm. a hand really isn't that big. Yeah. So when you put it in the real world it's like, oh yeah, you're about the size of a New York City rat. Yeah. Like everything is so big to you and like you could get squashed at any mm-hmm. moment or if you fall in the cracks of something and all of a sudden you're in a completely new location. Yeah. It's like that is pretty horrifying. Exactly. Like even too with the dog. It's like a, a dog like normally isn't like that terrifying. Yeah. But to something that small, like that's like a god to you. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um the animation you don't like. I I kind of went back and forth. I've been the guy in this podcast to be like pushing for animation, um, and I didn't love it. Uh, it's a little choppy. It it is a little choppy. Like and and some degree, like that's kind of like the style of the film. Like it wants to kind of be like this. You could go as far to say, the hand got chopped off from his body. The animation is choppy. Ah, ah. I hate it. <laughs> That was a bad reference. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, it, it is kind of like a little, it feels like at some point where it's like, it's a rush drawing, like a rough draft type thing. Because mm. um, it's so weird, because it's like, in the beginning, like, all the stuff of like, the the flashback, and then like, when the hand like, first starts moving, like, that first scene, like, in the laboratory, like, looks really good. And then when you get the scene of like, meeting Gigi, and it's like, oh man, I drew this, didn't I? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't love. I don't. It. I don't think it's that bad. I really didn't mind the animation in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, this is a pretty small budget movie. Yeah. So like, I kind of give him a little bit of a pass. Mm-hmm. You know what it did remind me of though, and this this might be like a nostalgia flashback for you. Do you remember as a kid, Amber and Dexter? Mm-hmm. It was like this weird like PBS like TV show where it was like kind of this style and it was just like these small like it, it was like two people it was like a, a girl and a guy Amber and Dexter and like they were helping out like this painter to like paint so they would be like small and like they would take like the fucking brush and like oh yes right? yes right? yeah 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 I, I do was like oh that. my god yeah yeah I haven't thought about this in years. When you said Amber and Dexter, I was like, Max and Ruby? Yeah, Remember Max, Max and, and Ruby? Max the rabbits? Ruby. Max. Max was top tier in that show. <laughs> Ruby was a little snitch. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's talk about the story. Let's talk yeah. about like what this movie is actually about. Mm-hmm. Because, listen, I am not ashamed to say 
that I don't necessarily know if I fully grasped everything that was going on in this movie. I don't think so either. Me or you? Both. <laughs> <laughs> you have no right to tell me that I didn't understand this movie. Um, Frank, I don't think you get this one. <laughs> uh, there are a lot of things that happen in this movie and a lot of sort of like themes. And, and this movie brings in so many genres Yeah, that I'm, I'm sort of wondering if they went too much and they just weren't able to flesh everything out or if I just didn't necessarily comprehend everything. I think I think more of like the first one cuz I kind of feel like that same way where it's like they were trying to do like eight different things at once mm. and like nothing like fully fully panned out. But like a few did for a sure. Few, yes. Like I think what do you think the fly is? So that was like one of my big ones. I was like what does this fly mean? Yeah. What's the point of this fly? And I'm just I'm looking at it and I'm like okay the fly is sort of like the monolith in 2001 mm-hmm. where it's like it shows up in these kind of like life-changing moments for our lead mm-hmm. right it's like the fly is there during the car accident when he loses his parents yeah the fly is there when he gets his hand cut off right mm-hmm. the fly is actually the reason why he gets his hand cut off yeah and um and then he has like the flies around when you know his father is teaching him to how to catch the fly which he never does yeah so like that feels weird to me that like there's a scene in the opening when he's a child and he's like the father is like teaching him how to catch this fly and he never fully accomplishes it Mm -hmm. and it's like that feels strange for a character to never for you to like make that an entire scene and it's kind of like a big point of the movie and then and then you have your character not succeed yeah Mm. I know, it, but that's that's what I was kind of thinking. And I kind of like it, yeah. a little bit because it's like in reality, right? Like in we the world, you don't always, yeah, you don't always get what you want, and you 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 don't always succeed in what you're trying to do. But in a movie, in an animated movie, especially, it really just felt hollow. Yeah, I was like, like he didn't he didn't get it. Yeah. So like, but on the opposite end, you could be like, that's realistic. It is. But this movie is not realistic, so like, well, yeah. Besides the hand, <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't know. It's just, it, I, I don't know what the fly means. Truthfully, I'm, I, for me, I guess I'm thinking that the fly is essentially just like it represents like change in his life, and it represents like these these big things that are happening to him. And of course, at the end when he gets his hand cut off, it's like you you've now lost a part of you. Yeah. Even though, even though he like loses his parents as well, which is like losing a part of him, so I think that like there's some symbolism there between the hand getting chopped off and him losing his parents, and he's sort of the reason why. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. hand that he's using to hold out the with microphone. the microphone is the reason as to why he his parents are dead essentially. Yeah. So like him cutting off that hand, I think I'm talking myself into understanding this. <laughs> him him cutting yeah. off that hand mm-hmm. would then. Be like freeing himself, freeing himself from, from the, the burden guilt. of mm-hmm. of it, and and more of like accepting death, of like accepting like their death. Yeah, I like yeah as like this is a whole like that wasn't grieving. too bad. No, that's not. Like I, I, I kind of talked my way through that. There's a whole like grieving process. Yeah, and I like that because you do this thing where it's like for like the metaphors where it's like you don't look them up. No, I I, I started doing that too. Where it's like that I like that for this film. Like yeah. with the fly. I mean, the only other thing that I kind of put in was like I took it kind of literally like when the dad is like, you know, you have to like 
you ha- you have you can't like go and grab it like where it's at. You have to grab for like where it's going to go. And he never does. No, because he's a child. Yeah, but even at like even as an adult, he never oh, does. Yeah. He's always like well, he's behind it, and he's like he's like always behind it trying to grab it. Yeah, and even like there's the whole point is like you have to wait until the till the fly is rubbing its hands together and then you go for it. Yeah, and like, like that, I feel like that never like comes full circle also, ever how closely do you have to look at a fly to see if it's rubbing its hands <laughs> but i mean for me like i was kind of like oh this is this is more of like a metaphor for like not being able to catch your dream like you're you're always like pushing yourself to like try and do like these things like you have these aspirations but unless you make like that turn that un- that unexpected turn in your life you're not going to be able to do that because he was like shooting for like, oh, I want to be an astronaut and a composer. Yeah. So it's like those were his dreams. Listen here, kid, it ain't gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be both. You can maybe be one, but more than likely you're gonna be a truck driver. <laughs> yeah. Um. But like, like that was the thing. Where it's like those were his aspirations, and he was kind of like on his way a little bit, and then like the fly came in and he lost his parents, and then like everything changed, and then he became like a pizza boy. At a, at, I guess like in his twenties, and it's like that's, that that's the that's the hand that you're dealt. Ah, ah, yeah, like that. <laughs> so many hand jokes. I know. Oh man, man, give us a hand of applause. Give us a hand for that one, everybody. <laughs> Please give a round of applause to. All right. Um. So, I kind of want to talk about Gabrielle. Mm-hmm. You have a you have a sort of like a, a film about like this kid who's trying to get this girl. Yeah, and I kind of liked that she thought he was creepy. Oh yeah, and but when when he like when it comes to the reveal that he was the guy in the um in the lobby talking mm-hmm. to her and he's kind of done all this stuff to like get to know her, she's like you're a fucking weirdo yeah. and she leaves and then he really doesn't get the girl. I know because like in most like Disney films or something like that, that would be a point of like. Oh my god, yeah. it's true love. Like he found me. Yeah, but in this movie it's like no, you're a fucking weirdo. Well, yeah, like that's like I'm watching it and I'm kind of like that's a little stalkerish. <laughs> yeah, like, it absolutely little, is. Like, and I'm glad whole, that she calls him out on yeah, it. Yeah, like that's the whole reason why you're here working with Gigi. Yeah. So it's like like not even really understanding the fact that like he's sick and he kind of like he he's too stubborn to say like oh I need the help for yeah. my business. Yeah. Where it's like Gabrielle really can't because like she's working a full-time job and then like still coming over and like taking care of him. Mm-hmm. So it's like, she can't really like do that. She can't really become the apprentice for him. Right. And maybe that's also not what she wants to do in life. Be a carpenter. Yeah. I'm wearing carpenter's pants right now. You were kind of a carpenter for a little while. I didn't do that. You were like Jimmy Carter. What does that mean? Yeah. Like a peanut farm. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> selling peanuts. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So I don't know. I definitely appreciated that they like mm-hmm. kind of called called him out on his bullshit. They were like, yeah. "No, fuck you. You're 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 a weirdo." Yeah. And and the fact that like again, because because it was kind of almost leading towards the end too, where it's like, you're like, oh, he just like jumped off the building. Yeah. And it was like, like oh, he's not gonna make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a far jump. <laughs> it was with a plank of wood. Yeah. But I like that too, because like that's also this kind of like metaphor where it's like, you know, at this point he lost his hand. And it's kind of like this idea where it's like, just because you lose something doesn't mean you can't go out and do what you want to do. Like the fact that like, you know, he lost his hand so he can no longer do like the carpentry work really. He has kind of like no 
real idea of what's going on. Like, he basically does not speak to Gigi, so it's like he just packs up his things and, like, leaves. But, like, he makes this one last-ditch effort to jump across the board across a street, basically, onto a crane. And, like, for him to be able to do that without the hand and then, like, celebrate that moment was kind of this... Really, for me, this this that was, like, the high point of the film where it's, like, he... He was still able to show himself that he can do something. Listen, all I'm saying is it would have been more impressive if he jumped across the building without a foot. Oh, yeah. Like, that, just hobbled yeah, over? Yeah. That would have been like, all right, now we got it. We just get, like, the foot trying to get back to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, Quentin Tarantino is making a sequel to this movie about a foot. Yes. Uh, I lost my foot. <laughs> um, <laughs> wiggle your big toe. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Um, can't take me anywhere. Jesus. Oh. Stop knocking okay. things over. We have we can't have anything. <laughs> <sighs> it's one box of rats. <laughs> it's fine. Oh god, they're everywhere. <laughs> um so this movie is pretty good. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I like the idea of like the igloo. I like the idea of like that kind of that isolation aspect to it. Yeah. Um, and it, even when, like, he's checking out, like, the books in the the library and, like, you open the page and it's literally just, like, the igloo and, like, one person and then the rest of the page is white. Bare, yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's, again, talking about, like, this isolation. This isolation from his childhood that he's now kind of trying to, like, work through at this point. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, it really leaves it up in the air of, like, what's going to happen to him and what's going to happen to Gabrielle like in the future which yeah. i like yeah i i because like there's a there's a real what we kind of talked what, what we were talking about before is like this whole thing about fate right like this whole there's like this whole thing about him and like fate and you can't mm-hmm. you can't like lose your you you can't like um essentially like escape your destiny right it's like you you can't escape what is like written down for you except unless you jolt to the left or go to the right or jump over here or go over there whatever it is to like trick fate essentially and i don't know that always feels weird to me too mm-hmm. because like i have i have issues with the the theme of fate mm-hmm. and the theme of um cuz what if that was fate for you to make well, that that, left that turn? is what fate is mm-hmm. right so like same thing with like time travel movies oh. right if you I go hate it, time travel movies if you go if you watch like a movie about time travel and it's like, oh, we have to stop this f- from happening mm-hmm. because if we don't stop this from happening, then then this is going to happen, right? Yeah. But it's like the way that time works and the way that the way that this would work is the reason why it happened the way that it happened it's is because, because you are interfering with it. So like if you decided to not interfere with it, then it's still what happened because that's that's the yeah. that is the chain of events, Yeah. you know? So unless like it, it goes off the wall, and it's like that one time where it's like, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen, and now you make a parallel universe. Right. Fucking space and time is f- crazy. I know. But, so, like, I don't know. I always have a hard time understanding, like, changing your fate in movies or anything. And I, I get it. Maybe I'm taking it a little too literal. Like, there, there is... It's it's supposed to be beautiful. Yeah. This movie is, like, hyper-romantic, right? Yes. Like, this movie really, really romanticizes a lot of things. And that's what I we, we didn't even touch on too, but like the 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 way that like Dan Levy composes like the music for this film adds to it in, yeah. in so many ways. Like it's it's mostly like piano and it like feels like 
throughout the entire film like it's this like you said like very romantic style to mm-hmm. it and like even to like there are a couple of times where it's like he's using it for the hand and like specifically like when it after the dog and it falls down the chute and like finds the baby and it's like it crawls up on it. It's uh, the baby when it's sleeping and then smacks it around. <laughs> <laughs> no, when, when he like crawls over and like the baby grabs his finger. <laughs> All I imagine is like like an old school like, what are you talking about? Say, <laughs> <laughs> was it you? <laughs> right. I'm your sister. I'm your mother. <laughs> Bring it back to Chinatown. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, th- this movie is, like, really hyper-romantic. Yes. Uh, you know, you have your lead character who really romanticizes the little things. Um, he's out there, like, doing field recordings and just, just, like, loving life and just listening to, to it. There's a really, uh, I mean, it's kind of fucking really sad, like, where he kind of goes back and he, because he has the car accident yes. recorded. Yeah. And he kind of just listens to it. Mm-hmm. And that's like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> like even after like the years and years of it going on. Yeah. But then beautiful thing that he did was he he taped over it of a triumph. Right. Of him jumping, jumping over, over to the crane. Right. And it's like that really works for me. Yes. That 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 like if we stayed with him like struggling with his parents death, essentially, mm-hmm. and we and we kind of stayed just in that lane. I think this movie would have been like amazing, amazing for mm-hmm. me. I mean, people think this movie's amazing, amazing, and th- it is for sure. Yeah, I think it would have worked better for me personally if that was the main kind of thing and mm-hmm. not this whole circular thing of like, oh, the, this 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 love life thing, and then him trying to get a job and him yeah. trying to him trying to like find his way in the world and 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 all this. Like, if, if we kind of stayed true to that, I think this movie for me would have really worked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. I probably would have like almost no issues with this film at yeah. all. I, I, I that would have been great, but uh, yeah, him recording over it and like yeah, like you're saying, recording this like triumphant moment and and kind of like getting over the fact that is that it, that he killed his parents, which yeah. it sounds really I harsh. Know. Well, granted, it was the goat, which like when is there ever a goat anywhere? That's true. Um, it's great. That that part's great. I love it. I think I think it's very good. Um, and I'm glad that you saw this. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that I ended up watching this cuz I was really kind of like like going back and forth and being like I really want to check this out. Mm. Um and then like sitting down and not giving it fully my attention. I was like if I do it for the podcast, I have, I have to, to give it, it my forces attention. me to. Yeah. Yeah. So, I give it I give it like a good 8 and a half yeah. igloos out of 10. I feel I feel the same. I, I I think like a solid 8 out of 10. Um I'm really excited to see what this guy's going to do next. I'm sure he's probably going to stay in animation, which yeah. is cool. Um, and hopefully, you know, going forward, we can sort of take animation not as a genre and a little bit more seriously and kind of be for it to be considered um, amongst live action, yeah, regular films, normal uh, films. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was probably the best animation movie that I think we've done for me personally. Yeah. And it wasn't anime. So it was it was weird too because I was like I'm gonna kind of like not do animation because of how like you constantly I'm like I it takes I me don't out of it. dislike animation. I just have a hard time with anime. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know. Call me a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> right in the comments how how terrible a person a piece I am. Piece of shit. <laughs> uh, Zach, do you 
have a recommendation for I, us? I, I, I think I've come up with something. Wow. Um, made a pie for you. <laughs> now, uh, so... What a boxing glove that comes yeah. out. <laughs> Just right out of your <laughs> microphone. <laughs> Take that! <laughs> um, so there's been kind of like this renaissance that I've been realizing over the past like year or so of an 80s game that like at the time was very much like, oh, you're a nerd if you play it. And now everybody I talk to is apparently playing it. A lot of, a lot of video game uh, recommendations lately. It's not really video game. Oh, um, okay. The, the Dungeons and Dragons, though. Oh, okay. Surprisingly really fun. Um, First time ever playing it? So somewhat I, I, recently. I played it like like three years ago for the first time ever, like on kind of like this whim of like, oh, I was having a New Year's party, a New Year's Eve party, and like let's get let's get crazy tonight. Well, yeah, Dungeons <laughs> Dragons. <laughs> Dungeons <laughs> Dragons. So we were like, oh, let's have a couple of drinks and then start playing Dungeons Dragons, and I was like, this is really cool. And then about like a few weeks back, um, my brother Matt was like, hey, I talked to like one of our buddies, Winston, and was like, we're gonna try and do like an actual campaign so we did that and like again we're, we're kind of doing D and D, which is dungeons dragons and drinking okay um but we're responsible but no dicks no dicks no extra um, d well, we're getting there only dicks allowed though yeah there's no women playing this there, I would there imagine. is one dick. really my brother's wife is playing ah my fiance doesn't want to play yeah i don't why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah. those divorce papers are sounding <laughs> getting, right before getting... <laughs> we even get there. Um, but yeah, like so, we're playing. We're playing this one campaign. It's called Icewind Dale, Rim of the Frost Maiden. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was. I literally created... know nothing about Dungeons and Dragons. It's, it's, it was created by Christopher Perkins. It's actually like a lot more easier than you think. Like you. Like, the idea that, like, people are, like, oh, you basically, like, make it up in your head is, like, what turns them off of it because, like, there's no, like, board or, like, anything like that. But, like, you can kind of – people have gone crazy. Like, you can make, like, your own little, like, figure, like, miniature. Um, people make, like, actual, like, creatures so that way you can, like, fight them in a sense. Um, or you can at least get, like, a visual for it. Right. And then, like, they make maps of, like, everything for, like, whatever campaign you want to do. Um, and it's really cool because, like, if you don't know what, like, Dungeons & Dragons is, like, you really, like, you kind of take turns, like, actually doing life. Like, if you want to be, like, oh, I want to, like, jump up and, like, jump up this cliff and, like, check and see, like, where we have to go next, you have to roll for that. You have to... I don't like, know what that means. <laughs> you, have, you have to roll a dice. <laughs> okay. And and if you fucking, like, it's a... a like a twenty-sided dice. So is that the only thing that, like, is there a box set for Dungeons and Dragons that you buy, or do you just have to get a dice? Uh, is, you, it, is it a die? Die? A singular dice is a die. Well, there's like multiple die, so that would be It'd dice. Be dice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, because there's like five different types of of like dice. Of die. Dice. Of die. Die. <laughs> die. <laughs> um, and uh, well, yeah, like, cause you get like the you get like. So the there actual, is no board. There is no, not really. So what do you, what do you, like? What's in a box set of Dungeons and Dragons? The map, the map. So is there kind are of, maps. Yeah, the map is kind of the board. Okay, but um, there's no character. You have no figurines. No, like you have to buy your own or like just kind of like make your own or people make their own and they this look is fucking, a very strange. It's very like like how so somebody literally invented a product that's like, hey, I'm gonna create some dice and call it Dungeons and Dragons, and then you have to make it up as you go. Pretty much, yeah. 
That's a genius move. Exactly, right? <laughs> what a good uh what a good, what a good there, idea. There's no overhead. I, I mean it's just <laughs> like you literally get the rights to it and then anybody like making anything immediately goes back to you. That's crazy. Yeah. Um but people make like their own stories and everything like that. They come up with their own things. Like in a box set, like you get like the actual book of like events that what what goes on. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's the dungeon master who isn't really a character. That's what they called me in high school. Yeah. Because <laughs> you had that dungeon in your basement. <laughs> but uh, you, you, the dungeon master is the one that does everything. Like, they're basically like God. Like, they're telling the story. They're, like, whatever you roll, they're, di- they're telling you, like, what happens. Mm. And, like, if you go, like, a different route, which basically is what we do. Um, and Matt's our dungeon master, so like he's creating like his own story of like what we're doing then. Mm. So it's a lot of like on your feet thing. Right. I think I brought it up to you once before, and you were like, "I want to be the dungeon master." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now you're like, mm, "I gotta come up with a lot of shit." You do, and then but it's also like old, right? It's like it's it's supposed to be like Lord of the Rings kind of like it's old timey. Yeah, there are like weird ones that I found mythical. where it's like like there are like uh knights there's like a futuristic one there's like a fucking mafia style one <laughs> mafia dungeons yeah, and dragons yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very we gotta get in there tony <laughs> that dragon stole our cannolis i, <laughs> <laughs> I roll my 20-sided dice to see if i tommy gun its head off <laughs> but yeah like dun- <laughs> dungeons and dragons this episode is off the fucking rails oh, today <laughs> we're having a good time um I think you should try it out, man. Like, Invite me over, dick. All right, fine. You still didn't invite me over. We do it on Sundays. Okay. Kind of. Okay. Maybe. The, on the Lord's Day. Great. Yeah. Um, Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. Beautiful. Thank you, Zach. You're welcome, Frank. Uh, next episode, we are going to be talking about some of our favorite red herrings in film. Mm. Mm. I'm more of a salmon guy. Yeah, I'm not a big fish guy in general. Actually, really? I, I like fish. Yeah, I'm salmon's good. Salmon is, is good. okay. Tilapia is gross. It's okay if you if you make it right. I fuck hard with a uh, sushi. Well, yeah, but um, crabs and lobster. Oh Ooh. yeah, yeah. The fucking rats of the sea. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay, uh, so we're gonna talk about red herrings in movies. Um, some of our favorites, and that's it. Zach, please. Take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, you don't win every time. That's life.